where it's at. I got two Dan tables and a microphone. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Where It's At. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Dan Hornstein. What? <laughs> so I don't each- know how to start these things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always funny. so bad. I'm, I'm like, I need, I need prompting. I need you to just ask me like, "Hey, Dan, how's it going?" <laughs> and then even then, I'll give you a short answer. I'll be like, "Pretty good, <laughs> fine." That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. This if this is your first week joining us, uh, each week Dan and I each pick an album, we listen to it, and then come together to give a brief bio of the artist, and then discuss why we picked them, and then have a conversation about it. So it's a music based podcast for music based people. Yes, exactly. So if you don't like music, I don't know why you're listening to us, but please subscribe and like, (laughs) yeah, I can talk about something else, but yeah, that's not what we set out to do. No, no, but he'll still, still leave us a good review. Even if you don't like music or if you don't like our choices. Yeah. Leave a five star review. This is, I leave a five star review on, on uh, podcast Yelp. Your podcast help. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you can find us on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Pockets 21. And you can find Dan uh, on Instagram at, at Dan in Houston. And you can also send us an email at wherepod at gmail.com. Last week I said where podcast and then I went and looked it up. I was like, ah, shit, I screwed up. That's not our... Did we get any email. emails? Uh, we actually did. <laughs> we did? Yeah, it was from Google. Like, hey, you've been approved. I was like, oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> did they have any recommendations? <laughs> no, but Apple Podcast no. did. Apple Podcast hates us. I think Siri is listening to our conversations. Why? Well, well because- I mean, she definitely is, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, because uh, I, I shared this with Dan yesterday. So Dan and I have a, a shared disdain for a certain vocalist known oh, as yeah. Phil Collins. And so then on our podcast page on Apple podcast, it was like, Hey, come check out Phil's new podcast. And I was like, fucking Apple. Is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I missed the, I missed a little bit of what that was. I thought you were just sending me something else on that was Phil Collins related. I saw the picture of him and I was like, I'm fucking done with that. Yeah. So I didn't even, I didn't even look that much into it. Oh no, that was Apple. Like, Hey, you, if you like this show, you'll like Phil Collins show. Oh no. He has his own podcast. Yeah. Apparently it's called the A to Z of Phil or something like that. Yeah. It's, I can't imagine anything worse. It it looks terrifying. (laughs) I, I gotta say that. That sounds horrible. Yeah. So if you uh, if you don't know, uh, I bet I bet if you listen to it, the way he talks about his own songs is exactly the way Patrick Bateman talks about him in American Psycho. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. This is the studio, a personal favorite. (laughs) Probably. So yeah, yeah. uh, Dan and I, we are. I'm a host of another podcast, No Country for Middle Aged Men, and when Dan comes on there once a month, usually some Phil Collins jokes get thrown in there, and a lot of uh, frustration about Phil Collins's musical existence. So it's a it's a love hate relationship. We love love to to hate hate him. him. Yeah, exactly. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this week we have jokes, uh, huh? Dad jokes. Yeah, dad jokes. So this week, uh, we each picked a couple albums. Uh, I picked a band named Raw and their album from one. And Dan picked... Who'd you pick, Dan? The Witches. The album is Three Mile Ditch. Hell yeah. You want to go first this week? I can. Absolutely. Um, So I I chose this record because 
it was um, something that just popped up. I was I, I mentioned this on our last podcast. Whenever I'm listening to music, I on my streaming service, which I use Apple Music, not a big deal. Don't hate me. I know Spotify is better, but I'm boxed in. I painted myself in an Apple <laughs> corner that I can't get out of, and that's a long story. But when I listen to music, I scroll down and. Apple has recommendations based on what you're listening to now. You might like this. Mm-hmm. And I typically, if it's something, if it's a band or an album that I'm really into at that time, I will go and I'll bookmark those other artists that it thinks I might be into. And I'll start listening to their catalog too. Cause I am constantly looking for new music. I can't rest on my laurels. I don't, I don't ever want to become that guy that's just listening to the same albums from the nineties that I listened to in my teen years. And I, claim that everything's bad. I think there's still a ton of great music out there. Oh yeah. It just takes work. So I don't mind doing the work. And I don't even remember what band I was listening to that it recommended this group, the witches, but it had their new album that came out three mile ditch. It came out in November of last year. So it's still pretty recent. A little bit of background on the witches. They're a band that was formed in 2011. Um, it looks like they are from i think they're from australia uh originally but it Mm -hmm. looks like they're actually sorry they're a uk three-piece um and the way they're described in apple music is their buzzy doomstruck rock has made the talk of the british rock i don't know how to say that word the british rock scene (laughs) yeah it's a weird word i've never seen that word before and it says they deal in a dark grimy variation on psychedelia Think the seeds staggering under the influence of the Velvet Underground and the monks. And that gives you a nutshell of the witches. So I put this record on and immediately from track one, this was this has been a record that I've been enjoying mm-hmm. for the past few weeks or so. I sent you a song of theirs a couple of weeks ago, even before we decided to even before we decided to launch the podcast yeah. and to get this going. <laughs> I was like, hey, check out this one song. And what I like about this band is um, it's, I, I, I like a lot of music that has a good, dirty sound to it. And this record is filthy. It is a mucky record. Way, it's such a stark contrast from the cleanliness of last week's record that I chose, the Lonely the Brave record, where yeah. everything was a little too sterile. Yes. This is the opposite of that. It's if if it's sort of the prince and the pauper, we're in the pauper <laughs> land now. Yeah. We are in the mud. It's uh in and that that's in everything from the way the songs are structured, the way that they're played. There's a there the band plays with a kind of looseness and dirtiness that I'm a, I'm very much drawn to. And not only that, but the production value of it really adds to that sound as well. So the band's been out since 2011. They've made a lot of other records. What's really funny is this is the first one that I've heard. I started to go back and listen to some of their other stuff and I didn't like it as much as I like Three Mile Ditch. Um, that for, for whatever reason, this album just drew me in and captivated me and I've been enjoying it a lot. And I had a lot of fun listening to it through a little more of a critical lens mm-hmm. leading up to this week's discussion. Um, so I'll borrow a little bit of, of, from you. I'm not going to go do, I don't do a track by track mm-hmm. breakdown, but I'll start with kind of the first three songs and take you through. Here's what you get as you start to 
dive into this record. Um, immediately from track one, Cowboy, you're very quickly introduced to their world. And their world is, is like I said, it's very dirty. It's very mucky. There's a lot of reverb in that track. There's a lot of uh, heavy distortion, but not not a lot of like metal heavy distortion. But it's a good, it's a good overdriven sound that it just has this uh, this bite to it. Is one of the things that I really liked. Um, immediately, some of the things that you start to notice is the psychedelic sound comes in in full play yes. already from the get go. But there's and there's some other elements that I hear too. I hear a little bit of like the Rolling Stones coming in, some Queens of the Stone Age uh, influence seems to be there as well in terms of the, the the kind of dirty, fuzzy sound that they're going for with a lot of reverb. Um, but the big thing that dawned on me is within the first couple of tracks, especially, there's almost like a rockabilly yes. <laughs> flavor to it as well. That comes in that I thought that's really kind of cool. A um, little bit of rockabilly and a little bit of even surf rock, mm-hmm. like from the '60s. That's a part of it. So here you have this amalgam of influences. They're drawing from several different places to get this sound, and the way that they take it and make it unique to them is really unique because um, it's it's the singer to me sounds uh, like a very young. John Lennon mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. That's one of the things I like about it. And there was specifically what I wrote down is it sounds to me like John Lennon from, I don't know if you've ever listened to the Beatles BBC sessions. It's a series of live recordings that they did early in their career, but it's sort of around the transition from, I want to hold your hand into some of their more uh, raw stuff like revolver. Mm-hmm couple of albums in but before they went into like full psychic full sergeant pepper's territory yeah and in this performance from the bbc sessions it's like a three disc record and i highly recommend looking that up too uh everything that Lennon sings come from this comes from this really rock and roll raw place he's screaming a lot think about like the vocals from twist and shout uh-huh. or the vocals from revolution those two beatles songs where he's just wailing and screaming at the top of his lungs and the microphone can barely pick it up. That's what the singer for the witches does for me. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I really, really like about this record. So I love the psychedelic mixed the, with the more aggressive playing style. It's almost like the flaming lips. If they had sex with Queens of the stone age, <laughs> you would get the witches. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good analogy. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. So, um, you go through this, uh, great, the things I loved about it, great singing, great playing. I almost didn't, I didn't realize until just a few minutes ago, play, as I was reading it, I really didn't realize they were a three-piece, mm-hmm. um, which shame on me, I probably should have done better homework on it. <laughs> but my God, they get a thick sound for being a three-piece. There's, there's even, uh, I dare say, there's even a few times in this where I'm reminded of Nirvana and some of the aggressiveness and caution, you know, throwing caution to the wind with the production value that you get with Nirvana. That's not to say that they're punk. It's not to say that the energy of Nirvana is there. It's not going to sound like territorial pissings necessarily, but a couple of times where they're just giving it their full go and they're at a 10, you get boom, Nirvana. So first couple of tracks are, are immediately, I love Cowboy out of the gate. That was one of my favorite tracks on the record. I think it's such a great kickoff. Um, 
The second song is the title track, Three Mile Ditch. That one, I think, does a pretty good job as well. It ended up being not one of my favorites overall, but um, did a pretty decent job. Midnight Ride, track three, immediately. So you come two tracks in, and they slow it down. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a track that really... Uh, the first time I listened to it, I thought, mm, it's, it's good. Second time I listened to it, I really, really liked it. For some reason, it, it flipped. It's got this, uh, not a crescendo at the end, but they launch into this. Uh, it goes from being a very single string, single note guitar thing, very, very basic, just guitar and vocals for a long time. But then there's some powerful stuff at the end where the bass and the drums come in and the guitar steps on that distortion pedal. And they have these just long notes that are, that are big and epic and very full sounding. And it gives that song a lot of very cool closure. Um, so it's, it's worth the patience of the first couple of minutes to get to that point that it goes inside. Um, this next two tracks fly inside and a love you'll never know really kind of draw into mind. There's, there's a few times in here where for being a UK band, one of the things that I think they, they captured is it, it almost sounds it's when I listen to it, the dirtiness and the griminess of it reminds me of being in new Orleans to a degree. Ooh, there that's are, a, there that are is a great insight. <laughs> there are a couple of bands that I, that are Louisiana based bands and they're more on the metal side mm -hmm. that I feel really captured the sound of new Orleans. One of them is, is one of Phil and Selmo's bands called down. The other one is a band from the nineties called acid bath. Um, and both of those bands have this, like they get into the swamps <laughs> um, and it's, it's the humidity and the heat and just being muggy and everything kind of smells bad, but you're there, you're in this city and it's got this, it sounds old and it sounds historic. And for some reason, yeah, those, those couple of middle tracks. Uh, not necessarily fly inside and I love you'll never know, but uh, in between those two and, and seven tracks, seven, eight, and nine really reminded me of that. It, it's, they sound the way new Orleans feels. Yeah. I don't know if you got anything like that as well. Uh, not necessarily new Orleans, but I do think that that's, that's an accurate, accurate take on it. Um, Cowboy when I, when that song kicked off, when I first listened to it, the first thing that hit me was like how good the vo the singer is. I was just like, wow, I love their singer. Fantastic yeah. vocalist was really impressed. The tremolo on the guitar. And then just like, it has this overall like vibe of like bar bands from the West coast back in the nineties. It has a little bit of that. Yes. And so I was like, it took me back to a place of like being on like a pier in Pismo beach or like, there's like a band just out there just like gutturally jamming out and having a good time. And you're like, you know, it's like a weekend. You're just kicking back, relaxing, enjoying the warm air. And I was just like, Oh, this is, this is music is perfect for that. And the ending riff at uh, the final riff on cowboy is just great. It's just this great, guttural, dirty, muddy, brah. It's so good. Mm -hmm. A three mile ditch was great too. I like the breakdown riff. That was really fun. Uh, midnight ride. It was at first I was kind of like, okay, like I wasn't digging it too much. And then I kind of got this vibe of like, this is, this song should be on the soundtrack to a mobster movie after like someone dies, like during a funeral. Oh, it's got this okay. perfect, like, you know, like a main character dies and it's got this like somber, just kind of like, I don't know, it's the melody and then like the way a song is structured. I just like, in, I just got that feeling. It was like, like you're watching the Godfather and Don Corleone just died or something like that. 
but it, but it like and it culminates like the end of that song the climax of it is when yeah. the protagonist decides to take revenge exactly and exactly. like it's them like putting together the gun yeah i'm with yeah. you 100 all yeah. right so i was just like i was like this should be on a movie nah <laughs> <laughs> uh fly inside fly inside uh love you'll never know meet chuck those were not like this they they were like they were good but it wasn't like something that really stood out to me or grabbed me uh oh, really? meet chuck is my favorite record favorite I, song on yeah. that record i know that was your favorite one but i think cowboy is my favorite one it's just okay cowboy i really dig uh everyone meet fr- chuck to me is where i got the nirvana I can see influence. It, there's a lot of, it reminded me of uh, like in, in utero Nirvana, like yeah. post nevermind that same kind of sound. And the, the, it was the singing style. The, the chord changes reminded me of something Nirvana would do on meet Chuck, the, especially in the refrain mm-hmm. where he's, ah, that part over and over sounded a lot like Kurt Cobain to me. And I think that's what, initially intrigued it to intrigued me on this record that was the one that i was listening to this and i was first time i heard it i was driving and i just had it on and i went wow this is off to a really good start and i guess i was paying attention to the road i wasn't listening as much to the record it was just background noise at that point but when meat chuck came on and when it launches into that main riff yeah after the first refrain that's when I had a holy shit moment. I went, oh, I like this. Because it's that. When that came in and with the drums doing it, kind of perfect rhythm for it. Yeah. Uh, it just, that just grooves. And at that point I went, this is something I'm sold on. I want to hear the rest of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can totally see that. Um, everyone's friend. I, I got this vibe for some reason in my mind. This is going to sound crazy, but the first thing I thought of was Helter Skelter. And then I just imagined Charles Manson yeah. going out, getting people to kill people. That was the whole that, vibe of that song to me. <laughs> I was that wondering kind of, if you it's would that think darker that. side of the 60s stuff. Um, yeah. I didn't pick on, I didn't think Helter Skelter, the song specifically, but that's around the time where I started thinking John Lennon vocals. Uh huh. And, and it's same kind of thing. It's that, and, and Helter Skelter is a really good example too of, of when the Beatles were doing more just that raw tinny kind of sounding yeah. uh, stuff in the studio. That was, that was, that, that was basically them going, there's no such thing as heavy metal, but let's go in that direction. You know, yeah. kind of, she, uh, what is it? I want you. She's so heavy yeah. is another good example <laughs> like that too. I love it. Yeah, that that really I really felt that. Uh White Cliffs I thought is a great song and like I after I heard that song I was like I have to look up where these bands are from because it feels very like British to me. And so like I just wrote down my initial reaction to White Cliffs was uh it feels like a foggy English day, a dreary day with dreary bland food and a dreary and dreary <laughs> British people. <laughs> Cuz I went last time I was in the UK it was March. So it just had that whole like March in UK vibe. It felt okay. like last time I was there and then uh, I also thought it would be like a great montage in a British film. Just, you know, I was like, that would be just like a great, you know, song for that. And then also here. That would, like end, a I Guy Ritchie yeah, film. Like Guy Snatch. Ritchie film. Yeah. Or as the yeah. last impression I put for that song. Or it would be a great soundtrack for a British porno. <laughs> <laughs> what would that what would that be called? Bangers and mash? 
<laughs> probably uh, but that's like i just when i get these like things i'm like i'm just writing this down <laughs> I'm like this is gonna that's sound hilarious. ridiculous but i'm just writing this down bangers and smash <laughs> bangers and smash <laughs> yeah that's that's all i got from that i thought it was a it's if you're in the mood like if i'm in the mood for something dirty and grimy and kind of bluesy yeah. but with like you know or something a little bit got a little tinge of like chaotic to it and a lot of raw emotion. That's, that's a good listen for that. It's not like yeah, one of my go-tos to listen, but I was like, this is, this is a good, well to get well put together album. And like the singer's voice is just phenomenal. That's, that's really what drew me in is, is the singers, the singer. Um, I, especially, I also really liked the closing track. You looked happy to me. In fact, that was one of my favorite ended up being one of my favorite songs on the album out of, the three that I picked as kind of being my best moments, uh, number one being Cowboy. I just thought that's such a good intro. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sounds Western, but it also, it, it's very unique to them. It, it's, it's, you can hear the influences, but it's still something original enough. Um, Meet Chuck, another one that just, that song really stood out to me. I, I listened to that one a few times on repeat, and you looked happy to me because of the way that it's the vocals are on that one. The way he delivers, especially the end of it, when he's just repeating that line, you looked happy to me over and over and over again. And you, his voice starts to crack a little bit. It's, it, I love how he is such an imperfect singer yeah. in that respect. And, it, and that's why I get the, again, the kind of the Nirvana influences as well. You know, there's, there's those few Nirvana tracks that when you listen to him, like his voice is cracking while he's singing and it's, you can tell it's just coming from such a real place. And that's the same thing that I got from the witches is he's just, he's just belting it out. Not, it doesn't matter. You know, there's chinks in the armor, there's imperfections here and there, but I absolutely love the way that he sings production wise. I thought that they did a really good job of capturing the way that the band should sound in terms of, you know, we talked about this uh, last week where with Little Dragon, how there's there's some stuff that deserves to sound crisp. Yes. And there's some stuff that deserves to sound dirty. And I think whoever their producer was recognized that this band needs to sound dirty and they did it accordingly. The drums were perfect in the mix. Uh, everything sounded as it should. A couple of times I felt like the vocals were a little buried, mm-hmm. but overall I really enjoyed uh the way that that this was put together yeah i i it was a very well put together album i think it's like yeah it was it was enjoyable because it was different and unique like there's not too many bands out there i can be like oh yeah that sounds just like the witches (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so that's what that's what made it stand out to me a lot. And so I can, I can totally see why you dig it. And I know like the more and more we hang out and talk, the more and more I understand like your, your preferences in music are the things that get you really excited about. So when you first sent that to me, I was like, Oh yeah, this is Dan music. <laughs> it's right up. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. It's right up my alley. And, and it, it's because I, I, hopefully I, I like a lot of variety of different things, but the reasons why I like things is, the same, you know, for there's, uh, and a lot of it sometimes for me boils down to the passion. And if I can, yeah. if I can hear the emotion and the passion coming through in the musicianship, then I'm going to be in. And uh, as well as I like song construction, I think these guys just know how to write a hell of a riff. Yes. There's, <laughs> you know, they, they know how to write a great melody. And uh, there's a, I, I love the, it's, they're, 
let me think of the best way to say this. A lot of times to me, rock music has to sound gross and it yeah. has to strike in this almost primal place that's unrehearsed. And is that, that's what I love about bar band type music. And, uh, you know, maybe it's cause I grew up on a music that was called grunge, yeah. but that <laughs> grungy sound has to come through for me. And man, they just hit it out of the park. My rating for this, um, would be out of a five beards. I'm going to give it a solid four beards. Um, three favorite songs, meet Chuck cowboy. You look happy to me. Not really a lot of down, down moments on this record. Uh, four beards for me. Okay. I'm going to give it three and a half, but that's only because I have to be in a certain mood for this. Yeah. And it's not to take away from the quality. It's just on like a personal level. It's not something I go for all the time, but it's still like great music. My favorite cowboy, hands down, uh, Three Mile Ditch. And uh, I'm going to go with Midnight Ride too, because the way that song ends is just fantastic. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, now we're going to get into the one I picked, Ra from One. Uh, this band, I kind of just... Well, the, the band originated in 1996 from like New York, Connecticut. The, the vocalist, uh, Daniel Takotin, now he changed his name to Sahaj Takotin. Uh, he grew up, you know, Puerto Rican, Jewish, Russian, you know, lineage, and then traveled the world, adopted the name Sahaj, I believe in India when he okay. was there. So that's where a lot of the like Eastern influences in the music come from. Cause he spent some time there, came back and he said in an interview that he, he grew up on the police and sting. So like sting is his favorite vocalist and he really was influenced by the police. When you listen to it in the vocals, you can really hear a lot of that influence, or at least I can. And a, uh, he wanted to, he, his thought was like, why isn't there a band that mixes the police with Metallica? So he started this band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and a, uh, I first heard, so the first song is uh, on the track is called Do You Call My Name? It was their first single. I heard it on the radio once back when I actually listened to the radio. I haven't listened to the radio in years. And I was just like, this is really different. This is really unique. Uh, don't let the, what other people say, like I've looked at other people's reviews or like other people's recommendations. They say, oh, this is a great new metal band. I would not classify this as new metal at all. They were just unfortunate enough to start around at the same time that new metal was dying. So they got like grouped into that new metal genre because new metal has yeah. that certain, certain type of like vocal delivery his vocals are completely different than new metal. He's very much about having the stacked vocals and harmonies on the choruses and everything is, he doesn't scream. He doesn't growl. He doesn't like rap or anything. So he's, he's a, he's very much into like having this very unique, like sting esque vocal delivery. And it has a lot of this like middle Eastern or Eastern far Eastern influence. And I think that just that, you know, it came out in 2002, this album. So people were just like, Oh, it's new metal. Cause it's rock and it's all the same. And yeah. So when I first heard it, I was just like, Oh, this is something different. This is something really, really interesting. And so then I went and bought the album back, you know, at the old CD store called the warehouse back when they had those chain stores around. <laughs> Was it CD warehouse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, man, I used to spend so much time in those. Me too. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I went and I bought like an the- hour just combing through yes. <laughs> looking for, and a lot of times cover art would be a deciding factor. Oh I yeah. Would buy something just based on the way the cover looked. Yeah. Yeah. So I got this and I had heard the, you know, the, do you call my name? It's the, the intro is very, you know, it has this like 
sitar sounding instrument. I don't know if it's the guitar or it's an actual sitar, but it's, yep. it's got a lot of this middle Eastern stuff and it builds and he's like singing in the background, this like high soaring melody. And then it just breaks in with this great guitar whiff. the guitar work on this album is great. And actually, uh, Sahaj, the he's the songwriter for every song. So in all okay. their albums, he just writes everything, and he's got the other it's, guys in the band. It's but his he baby. Just, yeah, it's it's his band, his show. He's he's a phenomenal songwriter, and this whole album has a uh, like lyrically, it's all all the, he uh, he he said in the interview that he doesn't ever write about things from a personal standpoint. He writes all his songs like observing others. So it's like other people he's watching or like something, somebody else he's watching, but this whole album has a theme of like loneliness and isolation. So Mm -hmm. you go through and listen to all the songs. It's like some different take on like loneliness or isolation. Do you call my name is a great song. Rectifier was the other single off the CD. It's just a great rock song. It's just a very simple, just a, a good hard, you know, not hard, but it's just a, it's just got a good drive to it. And you know, like, uh, and the chorus is just a very traditional, great layers for a rock song. It's a great song. When it gets to the third song, fallen rock zone is where I really start to enjoy this album even more. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's like a fantastic, like heavy ballad about calling out predatory guys, which that was on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I remember the lyrics for that one. Um, it's rare. I can pick up on that, but that I, I, I guess I could understand. He's got good diction when he sings. Yes. And yeah, he I does. could really understand what he's saying a lot. Yeah. And it's, and I remember first hearing this, I was like, what is, what is this song about? And so then it's like back when, you know, in 2002 or 2001, whenever he wrote this, the internet was still like kind of in its infancy. Yeah, it was out there, but you know, he's just out there like, Hey, he's like, you know, the, the, he gets to the bridge right before the guitar solo and he just like talks and he's like, you know, if you see a guy put his hands on a girl and you don't want to put, put his hands on her, you tell him he's a punk, you tell him he's a fucking punk. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great, like back in like 2002, that wasn't something you heard a lot of people talk about. Like now in like 2021, a lot of people would talk about that. But in 2002, that wasn't talked about very much. And I was like, wow, I was like, this is a really powerful song. This is really cool. And he just like goes along like talking shit. You know, he's just like, hey, you know, stop being, you know, assholes, treat women with respect. It's a great song. And then it gets to the, the guitar solo. And I'll be honest, this is one of my favorite guitar solos ever. It's, okay. It's just a great guitar solo. It's got a little bit of like an Eastern melody to it, but with the yeah. heavy guitar in the background. And then I saw them live one time in 2003. And he's nice. oh, also right, right on the heels of that record. Right on the heels of that record. And so while uh, one thing I was really impressed with, so while he's playing that guitar solo live, he's singing uh, the melody of the guitar solo as he plays it. So I was just like, that's Whoa. impressive. I was like, that yeah. is really impressive. That really just like blew me away live. And they are just as good live. Like sometimes you hear a band and you really like them. And then you go see them live and like the singer's too drunk or high to sing and he's way off or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, it's just like something's off. They just like nailed it. They played the whole record, uh, not in order, but they played all their songs off that first record and they just nailed it. It was as near as perfect for a live performance as you could get. And it was in just a tiny little like music club in Modesto, California. There was maybe like 30, 40 people there. So it was a very like local intimate. I love those shows. Oh, it was one of my favorite concerts I ever went to. Like after the show, I went up and talked to him. I was like, dude, like your music is so different. I was like, I love it. You know, got to talk to him. But a, uh, 
it then goes into only another good song about loneliness. And then it comes to on my side, which I feel is like a good, it's a masterful example of like mixing like clean melodic verse with the heavy, yeah. just crunchy, crunchy chorus and, uh, and uh bridge there. It's very, very good. Like it kind of like, you know, like thinking to yourself kind of song, but it's, it's a good contrast for those two things. Uh, violator is also a great song. Believe a really, really fun song parole. It gets to parole. And, and as the name would it make you think it's about like someone getting out of prison and they're angry mm-hmm. and they want like, you know, revenge on someone they feel like wronged them. Just like kind of like watch out. I'm coming song. It's a very heavy, very crunchy song. And then it gets to like the last four songs, which to me, I think is just the pinnacle of the album. Uh, high sensitivity, that guitar riff on the chorus and the intro to that song is just one of my favorite written guitar riffs of all time. It's just this, it's just very fun, very like high energy. And it's all about like having a hangover. And it's, (laughs) (laughs) it is, it's just, you know, high sensitivity is he's just talking about like, Oh, I I feel terrible. I feel dead. You know, all this other stuff. And it's just like the, Oh, woe is me. I've just, you know, I'm waking up after this and now I feel like shit. And uh, it's a great, it's such a fun, high energy song. Like whenever I want to work out (laughs) or I want to get amped up, I'm putting that on because I'm just like, I did did throw this album on when I was exercising. Um, (laughs) I was, I was, I do bike rides. It's like primary. And so um, it was, it ended up being a really good bike ride record. Yeah, it's, it's great for that. And, uh, and then it comes to scorn and a lot of the Eastern influences come back in on the guitar, especially on yep. the clean. And, uh, it's you know, the songs about like the loneliness and frustration of losing a relationship you didn't want to end. And it's just a great, like, it's, it's just like frustrating. There's so much raw emotion in this song of just like, you know, like, why did you leave me? Like we had something so great and now I'm like heartbroken and destroyed. And then it gets to like the ending breakdown riff. And that is just so much fun. Just the, the ending is just, it's, you know, he's, he's, he's just frustrated. He's like, but someone's got to pay. And it just builds and yeah. builds into this like a- epic, ending and that song when i saw them do that live it was so it was there was just so much energy and passion and when he sings when they play live and when he sings he just like conveys all of that emotion and passion into his performance too and it's like infectious you like get chills like i'm getting chills now just thinking about it and it was like 17 18 years ago i saw them show it was just like <laughs> that memorable of a performance and then on the live version of that song they wrote, uh, did a, uh, like a year or two after, I think it was two or three years, maybe after this album, they came out with a live album and a, uh, on that live album, they played a live version of this song scorn. And he, after this, he held like a high B for 24 seconds and held the world record for a male singing the longest sustained, like high note until like some oh, wow. guy from Norway beat the record a few years after that. But it's a really impressive, like I would recommend if you like that song, go listen to the live performance of that. And it's really impressive. You get to the, they, they play the first half of the song and then he does like, he throws in like some uh, song lyrics from a ludicrous song and raps that out, which is really kind okay. of different and fun. And then he yeah. does, and then he goes into the ending and it builds up to the ending and he just holds out that high B for 24 seconds. And you're just like, this can't be real. 
deal. But it's just like, it shows you how phenomenal of a vocalist he is. And he's doing all that while he's playing guitar. Yeah, that's that's the part that impresses me. I didn't realize he was the singer and guitar player. Yeah. Yeah, so like when he he does the all he sings and plays guitar and like writes everything. And then uh, also there's another video on YouTube of them playing that song. And then at the end they were doing a show with Seether and the singer from Seether came up and then they did they just did that. They did the words to Corn's song Blind but to that riff <laughs> at the end of the song. <laughs> That's funny. And I was like, "Oh, so I was like this is their like we're going to just like this is our mashup song." <laughs> but yeah. it's got a good like groove and a, to be able to do that and then like the album like then the next then the the following song is called walking and thinking very introspective song and it's the only acoustic song in the album but it's like at the perfect break it like it's the very like high emotional moment and then it just slows it way down and it's just right. a beautiful song like the the guitar picking there's some like strings and like ahs in the background and he's just talking about his feelings or you know whoever he's singing about their feelings and it's very 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 it like comes out on this like quiet note and then the final song sky which is my favorite one on the album it just comes up with this very simple like distorted guitar riff and then he okay. starts you know and he just starts singing it and then it breaks into just a great groove it's a great song and then the guitar solo in this song it's very simple but it's very catchy too. It's one of those guitar solos that has stuck with me for almost 20 years. I just really, really dig it. And it's the, the, this band has stuck with me for years because they just tapped into something that no other rock band ever did. Like, Oh, Hey, let's take some Eastern influences and the police and we'll put it in like a hard rock band. (laughs) I did. I'll be honest. I didn't hear the police when, and you, when we were chatting about it, Mm -hmm. uh, you said you mentioned that and yeah. I, I really tried to listen and go, okay, do I hear sting in here? And do I hear the police? <laughs> and there's, there's a, um, the similarities are there is a couple of, he's got a higher range, a higher, uh, he's, he's, he's in like, um, a tenor or p- close to a soprano. Right. So he's, yeah. he's up there in his range yeah. more than a lot of other singers. I'll tell you what it reminded me of. And I mean this with, I mean this in a good way. Uh huh. You remember in the eighties when eighties metal was getting huge and so there was, there was a lot of cookie cutter style of bands and they all sounded the same. Yeah. And there were two bands that really had similarities with that kind of music, but did enough different stuff and had great front men. And both of them were kind of never as successful as your warrants and, Poison and all those other bands. And it reminded me a little bit of both of them. And they're, it's extreme. You remember extreme Mm -hmm. and Queensryche. Oh yeah. And I really, the more that I listened to this band, the more that their singer sounded like the guy from Queensryche to me. Yeah. I can totally see that. There's, there's some similarities there. For some reason, I feel the sting vibe, but the Queensryche run is dead on too. Like, and I'll tell you, this is, this is a record, Mark. I listened to this one, ended up going through it about four or five times. And the first listen of it, I'll be very honest. It did not strike me. Mm -hmm. I, I was not that much of a fan. And I think it's, I think it was, it was a little hurdle that I had to overcome for myself that in that a lot of uh, music from that time period, because I had heard so much of it, mm-hmm. the production on this record 
sounds like every record that was produced at that time. Yeah. And that's, that's just because that's the way records were done. But there was a guitar tone that was a little more recognizable. The way the drums were done was very early 2000s drums. And so I had a little bit of an aversion to that. <laughs> yeah. Just because of that coming in, because of the, um, you know, trapped and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some exactly. of the other like all of the great bands. New metal bands. <laughs> yeah, that that were on the heels of of the stuff in the nineties. So once I was able to get past that, and it, here's the deal: it's good production. I don't mm-hmm. mind it. It's a very clean, crisp sounding record. But I had to get past the tone and recognize recognizability. I guess is the word I would choose, and I don't even know if that's a real word. <laughs> Um, and then the more I started to dig in, the more I liked that they did get into a few different genres. Mm -hmm. They started to go outside of just the norm of some of that other stuff that's in there. Um, the guitar tone was really strong. I thought during the entire record, I really liked the way that that guitar sounded, even though it's reminiscent of a lot of other stuff. It's, that's a good, that's a strong, heavy rock, like borderline metal-ish tone that you get. Um, yeah, their singer phenomenal range yeah i mean just absolutely phenomenal range there's a few songs where he does some runs and yeah. and just some some little inflections where he's hitting a few notes and I, that's very impressive to me a couple of things that i picked up on number one um there were a few songs that had a driving drum beat that reminded me of the drums from white zombies second record astro creep 2000 that it's very dance influenced. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, I didn't write down exactly which songs those were specifically, but there were more than one where it's that kind of house bass, like, yeah. And yeah. that's what the drummer's doing and just keeping it driving. I thought that was kind of cool that they did that. Um, the band, the songs that really struck me. Uh, oh, the other one that I wrote is uh, this, the, of all the songs that I liked, which is the first one was, do you call my name? thought that was kind of a really cool intro. The verse section of it has that weird effect on it. Yeah. On the guitars. And it it reminded me of, there's a song on one of my favorite bands, Mr. Bungle, um, Mm -hmm. their very first record. The song that kicks off their first record is called quote unquote. And I meant to send this to you and I'm gonna send it to you when we're done. The, it sounds like a, that, song is super cartoonish because that's the way Mr. Bungle did things. Yeah. But it, it's very reminiscent in terms of the way that, that the, just the guitar stuff is structured. So it reminded me of that. And that was that obviously because that's one of my favorite records of all time. It's such a weird little album. <laughs> and when they did that, I went, oh, this might be something I'll like. Yeah. So the songs that, that I like the most, Do You Call Me My Name, Do You Call My Name, definitely. On My Side, I thought was a really good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walking and Thinking, that, that yeah. la- second to last track, that's really where I got the Queensryche vibe, like almost silent lucidity yeah. sounding <laughs> stuff in that one. I thought that was very cool. I liked Only a lot, and I liked the song Violator. I thought it was a really fun song. Mm-hmm. I, ironically, three of the ones that you mentioned as being your favorites <laughs> yeah. were the ones that I did not enjoy the most, and that was Rectifier. Uh-huh. Um, I thought the chorus of Rectifier was just a little generic in some aspects um i thought fallen rock zone i wrote good music i didn't care for the lyrics though uh-huh. and you know it's rare that i pick up on lyrics but this guy's got such good diction that i can't help i can understand everything that he's saying and so i'm i'm in a position where i can listen to it a little more from that respect and then 
Uh, scorn. I I don't know why. <laughs> scorn just did not. It didn't really hit me. It didn't do a lot for me. Um, and and I and I think it's because of there there are elements of that one that sounded a little bit like some of the music of that era. Mm-hmm. And it's not to fault raw. Yeah, it, they were in that era. It would right. be. Uh, I would be a lot more remiss if they were trying to do that now, but. The reality was it was 2002. Right. <laughs> that was very popular then. It just had a little bit of a kind of Breaking Benjamin vibe that mm-hmm. didn't, re- that's not my favorite stuff to listen to. And so it didn't really hit me the way some of the other tracks did. But this record is a grower. It, re- it really is overall, you know, from the first time I listened to it till the last time that I listened to it, I really started to get an acquire, I started to acquire a taste for this record and I mm-hmm. liked it a lot more. Yeah, it's my favorite one, hands down is Sky, the final one. And then it would be um it would be on my side and then high sensitivity. Those are my three, three favorite ones. Okay. On, on my side I thought was a really cool really cool track. And I, I just, love that ballad. I loved Walking yeah. and Thinking. Walking and Thinking is great too. That's my my fourth favorite one. Uh so on the beard scale, I'm going to give this one four and a half beards. It's to me it's near perfect. There's probably only like one or two albums that I'll ever give five stars because that's yeah. It's so hard. I mean, you can't to make a perfect album is almost impossible, but I was like yeah. it's just from this has been a phenomenal. This is music I will listen to frequently for the past almost 20 years. And it's just, it's not going to get old. That, and that's actually when I talked with him, you know, when I met him, I was just talking with him and I said, the, I said, there's something different about your music. And he, and I said, I said, your music doesn't, is it, at least to me, I said, it doesn't age. It doesn't get tired. I said, with most, you know, I said, I could buy a CD and two months later, I don't want to listen to it anymore because I played it out. And I said, but your right. music, I was like, I can just play it again and again and again. It's like, I may not listen to it for a couple weeks or a couple months, but then I pop it back in. And I'm like, oh yeah, I still love this. And he goes, oh, thanks, man. That means so much. And I was like, really? I was like, you captured something that few other musicians ever do. I was like, you have this like timeless quality, at least on this album. That's, and their next album is just as good to me. Are they, so are they still together or have they broken up? No, they're still together. They're releasing a new album here in 2021. They just released the single back in December. Okay. And their, yeah, their, we, their sound has grown too. So when they're actually, we can, I could uh, pick one of their singles, you know, for their single for something to listen to. And it's, it's different and it's got a different vibe to it too, which is fun. They nice. changed some. Yeah, we can, um, when that new one comes out, we'll make that one that we'll review. I'll be, I want to hear, I almost am curious to hear what the gap in time has done in terms of their sound evolution and, and how different they are now. So I, it, I'm going to purposefully not listen to <laughs> any of the stuff in the middle because right. that's going to be a real surprise for me to go from point A all the way to jump to whatever it is, point Z now. Right. Uh, and to hear the, the change, that'll be, it'll yeah. be hope. I'm, I'm curious though, if, if they're going to go more towards the police type of stuff and have <laughs> some of that like old school reggae vibe yeah. in it, like in the early police stuff. But um, or if they're going to go in a, in a more traditional direction. I really like the Eastern it's, it's influence fun. on this, the, yeah. some of the scales and stuff that they did. I like a lot of music that incorporates that. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a real cool way to change their vibe. I thought they were going to be, you said they're from California. Uh, no, the, originally from the East coast. So like Connecticut, New okay. York area that they don't sound like a band from Connecticut. They, they first, they sound like they're from California. And then with the name raw with the Egyptian uh, influence there, I almost thought that you were going to say that they were from 
overseas right in a way because that it it sounds i mean they they were able to tap into that and just get into that vibe pretty well yeah it's um yeah, he taps taps it into it very well. Uh, speaking of the police, they cover a police song on their second album. They do every little thing she does is magic. And oh, it's a, okay, okay. It's a fun. So I might have to listen to that because yeah, that, that is a good song. It's it's a good song, and it's I I don't mean. Covers are, look, we've talked about covers before on the other podcast. Covers are a tricky thing to do. It's one I like yeah. and one I enjoy. If you're like a pure police fan, you're probably not going to like it. But this dude holds Sting and the police in such high regard. I feel like he did justice to like, you know, his musical idol, you know, someone that he looks up to. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, he also, Sahaj is also the front man of another band. He's put out a another band called metal M E Y T A L. It's named after the Dremel metal Cohen. Um, it's more like metal like scales and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's, he's the primary songwriter for that band too. And so he okay. like sings and plays guitar, but the guitar work is very different. So it's, if you're, if you're interested in checking that out, I can send you the link for that. Um, definitely it's, it's M E Y T A L it's, it's the newest album too. I forgot what it's called. I'd have to go look it up, but, uh, you'll definitely, when you hear it, cause they had, uh, the, he was, he joined the band like in 2017 or 2018 and they had a, a different singer previously. So just, if you hear some of it doesn't sound like him, go listen to the other album. It's very well done. Uh, I like it a lot. It's not as good as From One, but it's still a great album and a great listen. So, yeah, I definitely would recommend that one. So do you know what you're going to do for next week, Dan? Well, so I didn't give my rating. I'm going to give this oh, one. Oh, yeah, you didn't. I'm right behind you, though. Um, I, I'm going to give it three and a half beards. Mm-hmm. The, the, stock that, the stuff that was strong was strong enough that I, was, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, some of the points on the record that were lower... They were just eh, enough to where I didn't quite edge it over to that that four, four point rating. And and you know if I were really detail oriented, I would say this is closer to like a three point seven or a three point eight. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get that specific. I'm gonna go no, it's three and a half beards. I'm gonna use a half a half scale. Um, but I really enjoyed it. So for my next week record, I've been thinking about this since we started and. Even while you were talking, I was I was listening to it, but I was trying to multitask a little bit, Mark. And there's a band that that Ra reminded me of enough that I'm gonna go and I saved this uh, mm-hmm. because when I when I kind of made the decision in my mind, I want to show you, I want to challenge you to listen to the record that this record Ra reminded me of the most, and it's a band that came out afterwards. Um, but I, I'm, I'm mostly curious to, I want to go back and listen to this record because it's been a while since I've heard it uh-huh. and I want to hear your thoughts on it too. So my album for next week is going to be a band called Fair to Midland mm-hmm. um, and their album is called Arrows and Anchors. Okay. okay? So I'll, I'll send you the list, the, the link there. Um, and I, I got the same vibes when I listened to that band with, oh, this kind of a Queensryche singer. <laughs> And there's a lot of similarities that I hear to Uh Ra. And so I'm going to be very curious to hear your thoughts on it as well. So this is more of a, uh, it's an older released album came out in like 2011. Uh So it's been out for uh, 10 years now. The band's no longer together. They're broken up. This was their, they've only done two albums, this one and the, the one that came before it. But this one is, it's kind of their, their high point. They ended on a really good note. I don't know where the band is now. I haven't seen them do anything else. Um, So fair to Midland. Arrows and Anchors. It'll be fun for me to revisit that because I haven't heard it in a long time. Yeah. And I'll be really interested to hear what you say. 
Cool. Definitely. I can't wait. And then the album I'm picking for next week is an album called Plastic Soul Impalement by a band called Training for Utopia. They were a noise core band from Sacramento, California back in the late 90s. They, I think they were 10 years ahead of their time. It's great. That's such a good album title. Plastic Soul Impalement. Yeah. It's it's 1998. Okay. Yeah. Dissonant noise, screaming. It's but it's the thing about it. It's like when I first heard. I'll be honest with you. When I my friend of mine showed me this album, and he was like, "Here, take a listen to this," and I was like, "This is garbage." Like I I hated it, and he just played it constantly. Like we would go hang out, and it's all he would want to listen to. And then maybe after like six months there was like a, a certain riff from one of the songs that got stuck in my head. And then I just, you know what? I'm just going to give this an honest shot rather than just dismiss this all as garbage. And when I sat down and listened to it and I was like 16, I think I was like, whoa, yeah. this is actually really good. And so then I've, you know, I've gone back and listened to it over the years and I was like, wow, I was like, the more I mature and the more I go back and listen to this, I was like, this band was really ahead of their time. So, Oh, that's awesome. So I'm excited yeah. for that. Plastic Solemn. I have not heard that record training for utopia. Like very, very, you know, it was on a, a small label. They never really, you know, they never exploded. They did like two tours. They had two albums and an EP or t- were like an, uh, two albums and two EPs. Very small, you know, very unrecognized band, but they were just, yeah. I mean, I've showed it to my girlfriend and she's like, wow, this band was really ahead of their time. This is really good. <laughs> so ah, I wanted awesome. to pick something that was very, very different from what I picked the last two. You know, no, yeah. no electronic, no just standard rock. And this is, I mean, they were called noise core for a reason. It is yeah. very noisy. And the production, they did weren't like, oh, hey, let's polish this up. It's just raw. So it's very, oh, I love that. it's very fun, chaotic. And so, yeah, it's, I think That's, it's going to be, it's the same story. story. We were talking about that uh, last week that I've, the band that I'm currently obsessed with right now. Uh huh that I had the same reaction with is death grips. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am still, I've been, I've been devouring their entire catalog now for about the past two or three weeks. And that was a band that up until last year, every time I had heard them, I'd hated it. Yeah. And, but for whatever reason that same that I, when I went back just out of curiosity, so exactly like you're describing and all of a sudden it clicked and I went not from, okay, not, I didn't go just to, oh, I get it. I get what they're doing. But I went from, I get what they're doing all the way to, this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And I can see why a lot of people hate it, myself included. (laughs) But oh my God, is it the best thing in the world now? I love it. And it's for that same reason. It's the noisiness, the raw, it's challenging. Like you got to work to get through it a little bit. And it's abrasive and it's ugly, but it's like a, it's like a good slasher movie yes. uh, in that respect, you know, like, yeah. like you're going to squirm when you yeah. watch it, but when it's done, you'll be like, hell yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think you'll, I think, I don't know. I'm interested to see what your take is going to be on it. Cause there's a, there's several takes I have on it, but it's, I've been listening to this album for over 20 years and it's going to be, I'd like to hear your takes on it and everything. So yeah, that's what we're going to listen to next week. Uh, next week's going to be fun. It'll be a blast from the past for both of us. Yeah. So yeah, uh, once again, everybody out there listening, uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, me, Mr. Underscore Pockets 21, Dan at Dan in Houston. And you can also send us an email at wherepod at gmail.com. Please, you know, 
suggestions, things you like, things you don't like, agree with us, disagree with us. I don't care. Like we're both got thick skin and you know, if you I, say yeah, I mean like, it's not going to bother me. I'll just, you know, explain in detail why you're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> no. no, I really, I'm, I'm excited to hear what other people have uh, an opinions too. So if you listen to the records that we recommended, yeah, let us know what you think. I want to hear what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. Hopefully yeah. we'll be able to read some of that on, on the podcast oh, yeah. and share a little bit of it. Um, because I, I like hearing the difference of opinion. Yeah. It never is. Sometimes if it's something that I don't care for and I hear somebody else explain it, that might make me see something in a different light. So I'm yeah. very open-minded to that. Me too. And, uh, we already had, like, we've released what one episode and I got a message, uh, three, four days ago from someone that said they are already using the phrase. I put water on that. <laughs> Ah, oh, hell yeah. I put water on that. What's up, girl? <laughs> that is outstanding. And I just started laughing. I was like, I need to, I need, I was like, I need to make a mental note to use that more and make this a thing. Yeah. All the way. <laughs> How would, like, we got to establish what's the proper context to use that in. Is it, is it just when something is like good or was it, is it when like, when you see something and you're like, that's kind of sexy, like no matter what it is. That's kind of sexy like, was the way I use it. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's other, cause there, like you can have like a sexy grilled cheese sandwich. It, Exactly. Right. Like yeah. you make a, you make a sexy grilled cheese. You'd be like, I'll put water on that. You cut it in half and the cheese starts coming out. You're like, I'll you put start. Water yeah. On you you want to put water on this? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love that. That is outstanding. All right. Well, all right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you all next week.